On this episode of Lead That Thing, I talk to Lee Chambers, founder of Essentialize Workplace Wellbeing. Welcome back, everyone. Today, my guest is Lee Chambers. Lee is an environmental psychologist, well-being consultant, and the founder of Essentialize Workplace Wellbeing. He delivers multidisciplinary workshops focused on improving performance and productivity through increasing employee well-being. This is an issue very close to his heart, as after losing the ability to walk in 2014 due to chronic illness, he's battled back to achieve a positive health outcome and is now on the pathway to become medication-free. He also presents the Health and Wellbeing Show on Ribble FM Radio and speaks in educational establishments about his varied career path, health challenges, and having a resilient mindset. Welcome to the show, Lee. It's a pleasure to be with you today, Irina. Tell us about what topic you are bringing the audience today and how did you learn about it? So the topic I'm bringing to the audience today all surrounds resilience and how did I learn about it? Well, to be honest, I learned about it before I even really appreciated the word through my own life challenges and the adversity that I faced and how I managed to bounce back from those challenges and really grow as a human being through some times of suffering and some times of turbulence. Wow, that sounds uh, pretty deep. So obviously when something is personal and it uh strikes up a change in you it's uh it it really makes you want to do something about it and it makes you want to help people so tell us how in your personal story how did you recognize a need to educate people and how did you go about doing that yeah well if we if we revisit some of the moments of challenge that i've had in my life it shows then the awareness of how that's then ignited the work that i do today Um, So I grew up in a blue collar family in the north of England and I had a stable childhood. We weren't particularly wealthy, but we always had food and shelter and all our basic needs were always met. And I was curious as a child and quite disruptive. And my parents realized quite early on that I was academically talented Mm -hmm. um, and got good grades at school without putting much effort in. Um, And that led me to become the first person in my extended family to go to university, which was a precedent and was very much championed by my parents wanting me to go and set an example for anyone else in the family who wanted to go down an educational path. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went off to university and enjoyed the freedom and the autonomy. (laughs) But right in the middle of my studies, I started to struggle quite a bit with my mental health and a lot of it was down to being a young man who was struggling to explore his emotions, Mm. struggling to express his authenticity and really struggling to be emotionally intelligent and develop into an adult from that adolescent who was, you know, very relaxed. And really I started to look out to society for people to model from. I didn't really see anyone like myself who was diverse, who was a bit of a bit of a mix of a person I'm probably part philosopher part entrepreneur part scientist all mixed together in a suit Um, and there wasn't really anyone and I look back on my own childhood and realize I didn't have those deep conversations that kind of generated the skills and tools for me to explore myself Um, and you know as a young male you didn't really have people to speak to 
around your mental health and around your well-being and this was 15 years ago the awareness wasn't mm-hmm. there it was mm-hmm. much less signposting and it was it, it wasn't it was still quite a taboo topic the word mental health still conjured up images of mental illness more than the ability for people to actually communicate and conversate uh, so that actually led to me isolating myself in my university dorm for two weeks and then my parents came with security and broke in and took me home. Oh, um, wow. And through that experience, I then spent six months at home, really starting to reflect and try to work out why it had happened, what challenges I faced, and trying to build myself back up. And I, what I realized is I'd started to avoid a lot of things, avoiding socializing, mm-hmm. avoiding my friends, avoiding my feelings, avoiding university, mm. avoiding the work I was doing to fund my course. Um, and on that reflection, I realized that I wasn't failing as a human being. It was just a scenario. But in the future, to be able to bounce back effectively, I, I had to approach the challenge and start to move into the discomfort to really find who I was. Mm-hmm. And be able to find a way to express that um, and that's the kind of first taste of building resilience that I got because I went through that challenge and came out of the other side in quite a difficult place but actually started to look and think okay so I'm probably as low as I can be but mm-hmm. I want to now start climbing that mountain in front of me yeah and how can I bounce back so for me, showing that resilience and building myself back up, I went back to university and graduated. And for me, that felt like, you know, something that had at once, one point overtaken me mm-hmm. and left me struggling. I managed to go back and get an outcome that was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then led to me getting a graduate job, which was a really big deal again, as I managed to get a job in a national bank here in the UK which was very competitive uh, and I wanted to work in that financial sector helping people with the financial well-being while getting to work with the patterns data statistic and algorithms that I also reflecting really enjoy as a as one of my skill sets mm-hmm. um, but this was 2007 when I graduated and unfortunately six months in I then found myself being made redundant and losing my training budget. So once again, I had to show resilience and think, okay, so I've been made redundant. There's no jobs in the industry to go back into. So I'm going to have to take ownership and accountability Mm -hmm. and go and do something else in the meantime, but really start to figure out what you can do. What Mm -hmm. can you do now? And I ended up going and working in local government and starting a business And Mm. through that, I managed to have five years of my Mm. life where in societal terms, I was very successful. The business became, you know, a success financially. And I worked a a number of different jobs, still trying to find that purpose. And then in 2014, my health failed overnight, really. And in a week, I was left unable to walk, unable to move as my immune system attacked my connective tissues in my joints. Um, And again, it took me 11 months to walk again, but through those significant health challenges, I had time to reflect and realize that I had to do everything I could and be proactive. And yeah, I didn't feel great at first. I was Mm -hmm. in shock 
and I, I had some negative emotions by it. I tried to express those as helpfully as I could. Mm-hmm. I managed to bounce back. And after that year, all that challenge, I was back walking again. And at that point, I was like, I, I need to help people. Because adversity right. doesn't discriminate. Right. It affects us all. Uh-huh. And I wanted to find a way. And that really became the catalyst for Essentialize, where I help people through you know, significant health challenges, but also to become more purposeful and find ways to bounce back when they face harder, challenging, difficult times in their lives. This is, this is so good. And there are so many points that I want to touch on here. So the first one that I caught was basically like teen mental health. And that is, is such an important topic. You know, it's so hard to understand this because sometimes with teens you think oh they're just a teen they're being a teen they'll get over it but it's it's so important like if if anybody's out there and has a teen and you see what like lee had described i noted as basically disengagement avoidance and all the all those are signs that something is wrong wrong in the sense that something needs attention so Um, definitely don't overlook those signs see how your kid can get help and it's so good your parents were there to help you through that and like you said I think in in the 15 years that has passed that has gotten better because now there are life coaches that specifically try to help teens get through this and and it's it's really good because now it's a problem that is recognized and then uh, i would say that it seems like that was your first maybe turning point because you've seen yourself overcome this and i like the fact that you said that you realized that you were not a failure because i think a lot of people teens and including adults it's that I don't feel good enough or I don't feel like I, I feel like everybody is better than me, but it's just this, it's this mental block really that you feel like you're not achieving, but it's not really true. But being able to acknowledge that, I feel like that's the first step to kind of say like, yes, I can climb any mountain. I can climb any mountain that comes my way. And I think that sort of set the foundation for you, like, uh, with the layoff because you're like, hey, look, Lee has overcome like mental health. Lee can do this because you feel stronger and you know you can do it. And same with your walking loss. Obviously, that's that's huge. But because you've built that mindset to say that, look, it's going to be okay. And there there is life after this. And I'm going to do it because I'm strong. It makes such a huge difference. And I think that's an amazing story, Lee. And I want to hear more. Obviously, you've lived it, you've experienced it, and you're in a great position to understand what other people have gone through. So tell us about a story in terms of how your experience has helped somebody else kind of be in a position now to scale a mountain in front of them. Yeah, so... I think just to kind of highlight a few of those points from that journey that really still resonate with me today and especially help other people. It was when I lost the ability to walk at first I struggled, but then I realized firstly, the the previous adversity that I'd been through had prepared me for this, prepared me for the challenge. And also I actually became grateful 
because I realized that I might have lost my health at that period, but I still had so much, so much to be grateful for. And Mm -hmm. at that point I had my son and my wife was pregnant. So I had responsibility for others, which is so powerful in taking that accountability for recovery. Mm -hmm. And now I've had a number of clients who really, they've come to me in times of adversity. Um, I've had a number of clients who come in redundancy during COVID. And naturally, they are looking for someone who can, who has that lived experience and has been there. Mm-hmm. but also is able to ask them questions and make them feel almost a little bit uncomfortable in a time where they're feeling a bit uncertain. Mm-hmm. But it's then that you start to help them really become more self-aware because so many people have amazing gifts and strengths inside of them. Right. Right. And you can be, you can become a little bit, um, a little bit of a blind spot to just how amazing you are as an individual and sometimes it just takes someone who's willing to ask a few questions and shine a light on some of the interesting things inside. And mm-hmm. really, it's taking them on a process. And it's a little bit like self-discovery mm-hmm. because many, many of us live in this busy, this busy cycle where we never really stop to reflect. And helping people to actually have that moment and look back and really align with their values mm-hmm. and start to dig in a little bit more to what makes them feel purposeful every day right because that builds resilience against the challenges that we will face if you feel that you're living a life that resonates with the person you you are and the mm-hmm. person that you want to become um i also help a few people with chronic health conditions again it's very relatable and i take them through that process and i've had a lady who she she struggled to leave the house because of a chronic health condition and it had, it had eroded her confidence mm-hmm. it had left the it left the feeling that the, the pain was bigger than her and we had a number of sessions in the comfort of her uh, her own, own home where yeah. she was able to express herself more authentically and it was you know it was it was a process that was ultimately tailored to her she wanted to literally take small steps Mm-hmm. But we took small steps and over a number of number of months she started to leave that comfort zone and actually started to really without without me pushing her started to empower herself and encourage herself to just do more and all of a sudden she was going out more when we were in lockdown than she was before we were locked down because she started to anchor into the fact that you were allowed outside the house a few times during lockdown so mm-hmm. i should be incredibly grateful for that right she found access to nature very close to her house and now she goes there almost every day and that was from someone who you know when i met her i yeah. think she left the house twice in a month wow that's that's amazing i love the fact that and this is something i can totally relate to because I've in in my life I've been at a point too where I think definitely I was at a very low point and I I totally relate to your journey because there were a lot of the same steps that I took to kind of get to the point of that resilience but to highlight it it is like there's so much so much power in that what you call self discovery and I call it like self reflection you know, and I love the fact that you uh, 
addressed, you know, people struggle with imposter syndrome and I talk about it all the time. This is exactly what you're saying is that people don't see that strength in them and it's just having that conversation and highlighting it. And then for them to kind of hear it from the outside and to kind of re slowly realize that, okay, yeah, I guess I did that. I didn't really realize that. And you start to build up that, you know, belief and then um, say that, yes, I can do it. And like you said, this lady that you helped get back on her feet, starting to feel that confidence and feel empowered and you know, it, it, it's a process, but it starts with really, you know, believing in yourself and having someone like you be that coach and help them get there. And that, that's amazing. I think that's an amazing story. So uh, if there was a word of advice, we've been talking about resilience, but if there was a word of advice you would have for people, aspiring leaders or current leaders, what would that be? Um, so a massive part of leadership for me, and obviously I, I've led myself and led organizations is that resilience is much easier to come by when you lead and understand yourself. So having that emotional intelligence and self-awareness as a leader allows you to be present with the people that you lead. It allows you to be credible in their eyes. But really what it comes down to is to lead is to serve others. Mm. And if you can lead with love, loving the work that you do, loving the people that you do it with, and loving the journey of leading and the responsibility that you have to grow and help other people lead themselves, that is incredibly fulfilling and it gives you such a resilient barrier in fact, what it does sometimes is it makes you so resilient, you actually become anti-fragile. So mm -hmm. what happens is you are so passionate about what you do and love the people that you do it with that when challenge comes, you do it more. Yeah. You love it more because you embrace the challenge as a chance to grow, as a chance to show more of, your, mm -hmm. more of yourself and bring more out of others because... We all have an amazing skill set for challenge and mm -hmm. everyone can do different things in challenge, come together and collaborate as leaders. And it's amazing how as human beings, we can adapt, acclimatize and innovate in a crisis. That, that is just so amazing. And uh, I love that. That's a great piece of advice. And I love the quote you started off with, to lead is to serve others and uh, I love how you built up on like just leading with love and how it's so fulfilling and how it makes you stronger and it reinforces the belief in yourself as a leader amazing so you have more goodies for our audience in terms of a book that you have coming out so tell us about that yeah so I've got a book coming out in April 2021 called how to conquer anything and it interweaves my own journey, a lot of the lessons I've learned along the way, with a lot of practical psychological advice that I've taken from both practice and learnings over the years. But how we can start to look at conquering many of the things that hold us back, such as imposter syndrome, depression, looking at anxiety, digital addiction, and the biggest chapter is about conquering fear. Mm -hmm. Because to have a find balance between fear 
that is generated and is a signal and the courage to sometimes step into those fears is it's an amazing skill and if we can kind of balance that and understand that you can't be too courageous and have no fear because then you'll take risks Mm -hmm. beyond what are reasonable and sensible Mm. but having a really nice balance between fear and courage we can actually conquer some of those more irrational fears that are simply holding us back from stepping into growth. Mm. Those are extremely relevant and important topics. And I wish you all the luck with the book. I can't wait for it to come out. I definitely think that's a book that we, sh- that we should all read. Um, I'm certainly going to pick one of those up. So definitely let me know when it comes out. I know a few people that could use it and, And certainly I would want to read it from someone who's lived such an amazing journey to this point. Um, So thank you so much for joining me today, Lee. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to be with you, Aruna. Lead That Thing is a production of Optim LLC, helping businesses define strategies for growth, strategize, energize, optimize. Join me next week on Lead That Thing to hear about how people are going out there to make a difference in their lives and for others. Until then, lead that thing.